This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is April 29th, 2021. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. Well, uh, my name is Andy Gladding. I was at Hofstra Radio as a student between 2000 and 2004. And then I have been an employee of WRHU from September 1st of 2015 till now. Okay. Um, so while you were a student, uh, what shows did you work on? Did you host anything? What was your uh, responsibility like then? Sure. I um, Well, my first show uh, after getting combo cleared was a show called Soul on a Roll, which, mm-hmm. which existed before I went to WRHU, but I thought it was really fun. They played all sorts of 50s, 60s, and 70s uh Soul music, you know, like Sam and Dave and Wilson Pickett, and then uh, I, which I kind of had a little bit of knowledge about the format before I started doing it, and then uh, I got into that show and widened it a little bit and, and added some some '80s funk and some early hip hop, and you know, kind of brought up the brought up the format about ten years, and, and really enjoyed doing it. Uh, so that was my kind of my first my, my foray into the air shift side of things. Uh, at the same time. I jumped into the management pretty quickly. I started to, my first job was traffic director, which was, you know, kind of, kind of tedious. But that led to them becoming the station uh, production manager, which was one of my favorite positions here. I really liked making production, imaging, cranking out promos, legal IDs, lots of fun. Really, really liked that. Cool. Did you, um, did you produce any uh, public affairs shows or did you engineer any of the weekend shows, the community programs? Uh, you know, I, not in my early years, uh, I ended up becoming the morning show producer, which was about as, as close as I got to like the public affairs show. Okay. Uh, so I, I tried to produce a lot of live events for the station. You know, I, I, I kind of took the whole getting out into the community thing to heart. So we, uh, I was a big advocate of, of doing like remotes from nightclubs, bars, uh, you know, restaurants, anywhere that would have us. I would, I would try to work out deals with the, um, with the venue, so at least we get like free food. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty fun. It used to drive the management crazy, but they let us do it, which I thought was very forward thinking of them. Very cool. Um, when you were on air, did you use your own name? Did you have any nicknames or on air names? Uh, I usually use my you know my regular name. Although when I when I did my Rock and Roll Oasis slot, I was Fast Money Andy Gladding, usually because I had no money. Uh, <laughs> very quickly so that was kind of self-explanatory <laughs> sounds like the journey of the undergraduate um so uh i i will we'll do this i guess in in two sets of questions or if that makes sense um so as you first approached the station as a student as an undergrad what was it that first brought you to the radio station and if you could for those of us who weren't there with you where was the station? What was it like? Do you remember meeting anybody in particular as you arrived at Hofstra Radio? Absolutely. Uh, actually, I wasn't going to go to Hofstra. I wanted to go to a different college for uh, broadcasting and actually more of a music production slant. Hmm. Uh, and Hofstra was kind of like my third or fourth choice you know, behind uh, Ithaca. I really wanted to go to Ithaca or um, you know, uh, Syracuse. But what ended up happening was I came and visited Hofstra, uh, you know, for one of the one of the School of Com open houses, and I really enjoyed the people that worked here. I thought they were really interesting. Uh, the, the facilities they had just built the um, 
the new studios over in the what they called the audio wing of this of the of the school of com at the time and uh, they had shiny new consoles and beautiful equipment and uh i was really blown away by it and then while i was uh, kind of lurking around the station after the, the event was over i ran into a gentleman who would change the, the trajectory trajectory of my career uh dramatically uh a gentleman by the name of joe de rosa who was the station's chief engineer mm. at the time and Joe was just such a, a warm, it was, is, he's still around, a warm, welcoming, and, and, and kind person. And it took the time to just chat about radio. And I thought to myself, well, this guy's great. So if I come to this school, I, you know, I can actually work with people like, like Joe and, and Bruce Avery. And I said, well, this is, this is the kind of place I want to be at. So that, that, that kind of pulled me from the music thing into this, uh, this totally different world of, of radio, which has been very rewarding. I'm glad it happened. Very cool. Very cool. So, so then you said you came back, uh, was it 2015 and, and started working for the station? What was, what, what brought you back? What was that about? Well, I, you know, I, I've always had a special place in my heart for this, for this radio station. Um, and I, I you know, it, this is the place that, that got me into, helped me find my, my career goal we find a place that I felt comfortable and I felt welcome and welcomed and um, it really kind of clicked. So, yeah, you know, after going into broadcast engineering as a, as a field, I spent a lot of time coming back to the station, especially on, uh, you know, for different events they had, you know, election nights and, you know, Islander games and just helping out as a, uh, you know, as a, as a professional engineer. And I really enjoyed it. Love working with the students. Love being in the facility. And, and there's just something really special about working on a college campus. It's, it's hard to mm-hmm. explain, but there's just an energy on a campus. It's raw, untapped, unfocused energy. I mean, you've got just budding talent everywhere, and, and people experimenting and trying new things and working out uh, their, their ideas and passions and sculpting really the foundation of what's going to become a, a their their life their life's career and their life's work. And uh, that process starts here. It starts now for, for all of these students. So being around that kind of energy and passion is really cool. And um, when the job became available, you know, uh, Bruce Avery had called me up. I was actually working at a studio in Brooklyn at the time. And I'm thinking to myself, well, it sounds like an interesting opportunity, but I, I, wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to go work for the college now. It doesn't, you know, it's, it's a major reduction in pay and uh, you know, it's not in New York City, and you know, it's a nice idea, but I don't think I would I would actually do it. And then things changed at the studio. A couple of months later, uh, they uh, they uh, basically stopped existing. Mm. I needed a job. <laughs> so, <laughs> the offer from Bruce suddenly sounded like something really that uh, actually could become a reality. And um, due to a unique set of circumstances, you know, I'm involved in a couple of other businesses. Going and taking the job as a, working for the college actually was now kind of a possibility uh and and that's kind of what made me maybe do it bruce was very uh helpful as he always is in explaining the advantages of working for the school and you know showing that there would be other exciting doors that could open up because of this place and he was absolutely 100 percent right hmm. you know working for wrhu has provided so many interesting opportunities uh with other professional organizations in the tri-state area, especially because of the reputation of the station at the moment. I mean, uh, with the, you know, the, we're on that, we're on our third Marconi, and there's all sorts of exciting things happening. You know, they, people in the, in the industry take us very seriously. So um, this is a great place to be. It's the right time to be here, and I'm very happy working here. 
So when you first got to Hofstra Radio and you met Joe DeRosa, and then uh, I'm assuming you signed up for uh, classes, training classes. They're announcing classes, engineering classes. Do you remember anything about that? Maybe who taught them or things that you learned in those classes that stuck with you? Sure. Uh, you know, the content aside, I mean, you know, that's the, why the kind of the, the boot camp that, that bonds us all together as station members, especially station members from we'll call it the Avery era, mm-hmm. <laughs> the mid nineties on up is taking that, that, that class, which is daunting. And it's, just getting into it, I think, is is exciting because you, you have demonstrated that you are that's the management thinks you're qualified to even learn this stuff, which is you know it's it's an interesting relationship because you're it's a college course, not cred- accredited, but it's talking about FCC material and it, it explores this relationship that the FM station has with the federal government, which not a whole lot of other clubs, quote unquote, clubs on campus um, have that kind of that kind of that kind of friendship <laughs> or stewardship. <laughs> Of a, of a of a government sponsored you know broadcast license, so it, it definitely raises the stakes pretty considerably, and I think because of that, because of the impact and the required knowledge you have, you, know, you got to come out of that class class. You essentially have to be a certified radio station operator or an engineer, but when you come out of this class, you got to know all the rules. That it makes it. A little more important than I think some just the regular accredited college courses. I think that the training class is more important than almost any other class you'll take as a as a broadcast major. Hmm. And um, the other th- cool thing I think that came out of it was besides you, you know learning about basically learning real world hands on skills for the business, you also make a lot of friends real quick, and it, it sets up your it sets up your social life. You know, I, I was you know, I wanted to get in right away, so I interviewed for the station. The summer prior, I found out I got in. I was so excited and hit the ground running September 5th with going to the training class. And I made I made uh, friends and, and relationships in that class that have turned into professional relationships. And they've been long-lasting um, with people that I, you know, that have now graduated and work in New York City that were, we're now working as peers in the, in the industry. And we have that WRHU connection that we can always lean back on. And it really, it's unbelievable the, the network of alumni that are, that are out there that you can say, oh, you know, I know so-and-so, they're hiring for this job or they're, I know somebody that needs a gig. Hey, I, I know so-and-so, they're a good, a good friend of mine. I met him in the RHU training class. You know? So it's just, it's really a real special, special kind of thing that comes out of that class. I think anyway. So, so were the, uh, I think you said these were people that, some of the people that you met in these announcing engineering classes, do you remember particular names or people? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I was, uh, in, my, in my class, uh, Dave Plotkin was in my training class. Dave's now the, uh, the director of production for 1010 Wins. He's a, a, radio, a, a radio monster in New York City. And uh, he's one of my closest friends. We go out for, we go out for beers uh, all the time. And uh, you know, hang out, and I've, we've, we've enjoyed an, a beautiful you know, professional and personal relationship for for that time. I mean, um, another guy that was in the class, uh, Chris Sabetti, I ended up actually working for his business at one point. You know, it's uh, so they're they're the friendships that that grew out of that that uh, have uh, remained very uh, pertinent and uh, and long lasting. Hmm. That's great. That's great. Um, so you go through the engineering and announcing classes. You get cleared. Do you recall your first time either getting behind the board or getting on the mic and being on the air on the station? Oh, absolutely. My my first uh, my first big actual time being on the air was during the, the classics from Hofstra. Hmm. 
And uh, that was one of my one of my tracking sessions. And I remember hanging out with Allison Smith, who was very, very, very knowledgeable. And she was a senior and getting ready to graduate and uh, had tons and tons of information just about about not only the radio business, but about life and being a college student and, and how to, how that all, that all kind of works. And uh, I remember, I remember her saying, Oh, you want to, you want to do this mic break? And thinking, Oh my God, am I, am I allowed to, am I allowed to speak on the radio? <laughs> Holy cannoli. But there's, there's something about that opening up that mic and the, the feeling of knowing that you are potentially being heard by uh, thousands of people or, you know, tens of thousands of people. You never know how many people are listening to FM, but it, it's, <clears throat> the potential is there for you to reach ears and have a say and for people to take, take you seriously. So it was such a, I just remember that moment being so cool. So being so excited about it. And I'm still excited about it. I still love doing it. That's great. So, so you were, you were tracking. So you were in the studio watching, getting some practice, queuing up records. And she gave you the opportunity to, to try it out. Absolutely. Wow. So, so on a, on a surprise like that, you're, you're ready to go and, and you made it. Yep. That's fantastic. It was a cool moment. And, you know, classical music. You know, you can't even pronounce the name of the composers half the time. Uh, but uh, that sure gave it my best. It, 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 is a, it is a quick education. You suddenly learn a lot of complex names you never thought you'd know before. Or, um, so it, it sounds like you, you had a lot of enthusiasm for what you were doing and for being in the station. Um, do you have an idea of like when you started to feel really comfortable being at the station and you knew this is where I want to be? Was it, was it right away? Was it a little bit later on? Was there anything in particular that said, this is the moment? Uh, I would say by the middle of my sophomore year, I really had a, a good flow going over here. You know, I had my first year of school out of the way. <clears throat> I was a little more established in the, in the program. I had, I had a couple of management positions and uh, I was really eyeing, eyeing the EB uh, specifically the music director position as uh, my target where I really wanted to get to. And, um, and that was, so I, I, I kind of had my flow down by that point. Felt really comfortable being on the air. Uh, and at the same time, uh, another WRH alumni <clears throat> who I think is an incredible guy because of the opportunities he gives um, our students, John Crocciolo, he owns a company called JVC Media. Mm -hmm. They own radio stations on Long Island and in Florida. <clears throat> John, uh, First of all, an alumni of the, of the program, and has for years given you know students, you know WR two students, opportunities to enter the the market, whether it's the you know the, the New York market or the Florida market. He has provided those opportunities. He likes Hofstra graduates. He likes the program. Has had a good experience with it. So I got I got the chance to work for his station, the station he was running at the time, WLIR. Got a chance to work at LIR and their sister station, Party One Hundred Five. So I was kind of feeling good about the whole thing because I was. Working at RHU, you know, doing an air shift over at the, the, top, the, the top 40 station a couple of days a week. And it was just, I felt like I was king of the world, you know? Hmm. You mentioned earlier uh, getting position as the, the traffic director, traffic coordinator. When was that? Was that your, your first year, your freshman year, or was that a little bit later on? That was like the end of my freshman year. Traffic was one of those jobs that nobody really wanted because you right. had to, the guy that had to, or gal that had to print up the logs. And uh, schedule the EAS test. It was very administrative in its in its form, but I, I kind of realized it was going to be a gateway to something a little more interesting. <laughs> so that's that's pretty much why I did it. <laughs> Got but, it. And and it took me a second to remember because when I was there, um, it was usually the positions were from 
the end of the spring semester through the summer and then into the following year. But probably by the time you were there, the position started uh, at the calendar year. Is that right? Yes. So, so you would have come in in the fall of 2000 and then beginning of 2001, you're traffic director. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So you kind of alluded to this before in talking about your motivations for college and, and what you were looking for. And, and obviously we have the benefit of hindsight to say, this is what Hofstra radio and, and these people have meant. Um, can you go back though and put yourself in your shoes at, at, at 18 years old or, or whatever, as you're starting to say, this is what I wanted Hofstra radio to be. Um. You know, yeah, I, I think that's 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 a fair a fair point. You know, I, the thing is, I really didn't know where this was going to go at the time, and uh, personally, I think it couldn't have worked out any better. You know, if I had to go back and do it all over again, I I, I think I would do it the exact same way right. because it was it, it it got me where I needed to go. Uh, it led to the right connections, and I had a lot of fun doing it. So I think that it really, if I you know, looking back at it. There's probably not much I would have done differently. I, I probably would have maybe hit it even harder. You know, I was I was going pretty hard when I was when I was you know coming going through that program, but I probably would have got even crazier with it. Hmm. If I so uh, I, guess, I guess if we if we can turn that around too. So when when you come back and start working for the station, you you alluded to the, the idea that at first it didn't seem like it was something you wanted to do, and then circumstances change. So you come back to the station to work as an employee. And what were you thinking then? Like what, what is, you know, what are you hoping to get out of the station and career wise as you come back? Well, that's a, that's an interesting question because just like when I was a student here, the same mystery that WRHU is the same magical powers this place has as an organization. Uh, they're there for you as a, as an employee also. Uh, it's just, just the, just the, the, the way this place is run, the people that run it, you know, John Mullen and Bruce Avery are tremendous uh, broadcast professionals. I mean, they are, in my opinion, extremely underpaid for the amount of work they do for this place, the amount of passion uh, and expertise they bring to the job. So, and so you couple that, you couple incredible management, uh, vision, uh, foresight, and then, of course, just the power and sort of mystery of what FM is. FM is, a, is, is a many things, uh, mostly intangible, but there's a lot of magic tied, magic tied to FM. Just the idea of being able to energize ions in the atmosphere with your voice is a cool thing. It really, there's just something special about it. You can't replicate with a streaming only station. Being, being on the air is, is very cool, very unique, and an opportunity most people do not have and will never really get to experience or understand. But yet they, it's radio is something that anybody really can use any any anybody who lives in this in this country uh, and around the world knows how to use a radio it's simple requires no subscription requires no computer it's just a simple electronic circuit that when you turn it on it's there and it just works it's it's, it's, it's simplicity is what makes it so elegant and, and, and beautiful uh so to, so to have that powering you uh and have that at your at your at your disposal coupled with with a with a energetic and passionate vi and visionary management team you just don't know where it's going to go. So that was one of the reasons I actually took the job here because I said, well, you know what? I don't. I know what will happen if I go work for a commercial station in the city or if I go switch careers and, and go into more of a 
traditional job track because I had actually done that for a little bit. I'd gotten out of radio and, and I'd done some work for a manufacturing company. And then I said, this is, the money's good, but it's not fun. It's not something I really want to be doing. So I got presented with the opportunity to work at RHU. I said, you know, I might not pay so much in the beginning, but it's going to be, it's going to be fun. What, 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 what could be not fun about mm. this? Working with college students, being on the air and having a, you know, a market number one non-commercial station to play with. What, a, what an opportunity. <laughs> and it really has been nothing but ultimately rewarding. Uh, ever since I, I came back, I've, I've not regretted this move one day. There's never been a time I've said, you know what, I really don't want to go to work today. I love coming here. I love being on this campus. I love pulling up and saying, all right, look at the smell when you walk into the building, <laughs> floor long. So, so good. Feels great. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to think that hearing something like this, I could turn around and say, you know, I think I love radio more now than I did before. And just the way you articulated that idea of the magic of the elegant simplicity of radio, how it works, either behind the scenes or or the listener, and that just that was really that was really powerful. That was really very cool. And perhaps I've had that idea sort of in the back of my head, in my heart, that I've known. But hearing you say it like that, that was that was really tremendous. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you feel that way because you. You know, you're a radio guy. You know what I'm talking about. You know what that feeling is. You you know how special what what this what just being able to do that how special that is and that 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 feeling you get when you're involved in the, in, in it at, at either direction. It's it's fun. It's it's just fun, right? Absolutely. And there's so many possibilities. Uh, well, yeah, sure. You, and you can and just the fact that you can reach so many people with just a just a, with one a one way technology, you can reach and. And, and numerous, almost an infinite amount of ears, uh, with something so basic. It's incre- it's such an incredible thing. I I think that unfortunately technology does us a disservice. That they want to take away that simplicity and make it complicated. The powers that be, whether it's private companies or you know uh, wireless companies that are that are vying for that space in the spectrum, or people that are constantly trying to narrow the channels or eliminate the FM or they want to book universities to sell their licenses because they don't want the, the liability. Hmm. You take away that magic and then anybody can have a web channel. Anybody can have a web channel. Now for $39 a month, you can go to, you can go to tune, uh, you know, um, listen to my, listen to my radio.com, get a, get a channel and voila, you're broadcasting. You have the same clickability that any other station that's online can have, but to have an FM license, it's unique. It's, it's, just it's not something everybody can have but it's it's a it's a cool thing that requires power and knowledge to execute but yet it's so easy to use at the same time so that's my that's my feeling about it that's that's fantastic andy this was this was really a lot of fun and uh i appreciate you sharing your stories and your time and i'm going to come up with some more questions and we'll do this again sometime uh, anytime you want, dude. Don't, don't, don't ever hesitate to ask. I am at your disposal. 